0: family let's take our Bibles tonight turn with me please in the book of Isaiah chapter number 43 and we'll speak on the subject tonight of the Holy One of Israel thy Savior the Holy One of Israel thy Savior Father bless us please help us through these times this week especially and maybe even through this month where we wait for your will to be uh, revealed to us concerning our country and we will trust you, Lord, no matter what. We ask, God, that you'll help us to give us the courage to lean upon thee. And, Lord, we pray and thank you that no matter what, you are the Holy One of Israel, our Savior. And we, we, we know that's never going to change. We ask that you'll bless us tonight, help us to be good Christians and great citizens and wonderful friends of one another, good family members and and uh, good patriots. Lord, bless Bless us as we watch your will unfold for our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's go to verse number one, chapter 43 of Isaiah. Uh, It says here, But now, thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. Notice the word Savior there in the Bible. You know, not too many times you have the word Savior capitalized in the Old Testament. I don't know of any, any other, I could be totally mistaken, but there, right there, that is Jesus. He is the Savior, the Holy One of Israel. I, I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia, and Sheba for, for thee. Let's drop down to verse number 7 through 11 here. Even everyone that is called by thy name, by my name, For I have created him for my glory, I have formed him, yea, I have made him. Bring forth the blind people that have eyes, and the deaf that have ears, let all the nations be gathered together, and let the people be assembled. Who among them can declare this, and show us former things? Let them bring forth their witnesses, that they may be justified, or let them hear and say, it is truth, ye Are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am He. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. He's talking about in a generic form. In back in verse number three, he's talking about a specific person. You ever see that? So you see, we have a God that made us, knows us, promised never to leave us. So when Israel was a very, uh, as a very special nation, uh, they turned away from God. Now, God didn't want that to happen. He allowed it, though. They did so Deliberately, they turned their back on God, deliberately, knowingly, without any remorse, knowing full well that they were turning their back on the Holy One of Israel. They did it on purpose. And yet, He still loved them. They were led uh, by very wicked men at times. If you look at the history of Israel, you see that God overshadowed everything, and yet He let all these... uh, Bad kings. I, I went down and I listed every king of Israel and every king of Judah. And I listed all their brothers and how long they served. It is amazing how few times God said, and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. Very few kings actually did right. I'm not counting on kings to do right. I want them to, but I'm not counting on that. I'm counting on you to do right. And you're counting on me to do right. How many think of all people your pastor ought to do right? And he hath made us all kings and priests to the Lord. God sent Isaiah and many other prophets to speak to them, and he spoke to them very clearly. And today we're not without clarity. We're not without uh, sight and individual uh, proof and, and clarity of, of, of thought, the voices of our country's preachers and men. it's The word of God is not bound. It's not hidden under a bushel. God's word is getting out. Don't make any mistake about that. It is suppressed in many areas. But everybody has a conscience somewhat. Not everybody has the Holy Spirit. Not everybody has a sensitive conscience. Don't get me wrong. But some people would like to think that God is dead. Some people want to think that there's no more uh, sounding trumpet of, of God's people. But I want you to know something. As our nation uh, turns away from God, as it has been in in the last decades and decades, it's a slow turning. Sometimes it's fast. But it's been a slow walk away from God. But that, that's not without prophets. That's not. I feel more like a prophet today than I do a preacher. You know that. I feel more like a missionary than a pastor. I feel like a missionary prophet in today's day and age. When I go uh, door knocking and when I witness with people, I I feel like I'm the biggest stranger from Mars they've ever seen. And it's okay. But they're not going to get away with not having a voice. And the the Holy One of Israel is still our Savior. He's still the Savior. God certainly spake er, uh, clearly to Israel. Turn with uh, Isaiah chapter number one. In, I love the book of Isaiah. I, I don't think you can spend too much time in it, can you? I, I think it's, uh, if, you know, if you want the gospel in the Old Testament, you look at the book of Isaiah. It's got the Isaiah road of, of, of salvation in it. But look at this now. Look at verse number uh, one through four in chapter one. The vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, uh, Ahaz and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. So uh, Isaiah got to preach for lots of kings, didn't he? He got to give prophecy during many kingdoms. Uh, I think I was talking to one of the girls, and I think, uh, well, I, I, I think I've been through seven or eight presidents, maybe, I don't know, but it started off with Eisenhower. Uh, I remember him very well. <laughs> uh, because I had history class on him. Uh, but I was I was born in 1958, so I was Eisenhower, and then it went um, uh, Truman. No, to Eisenhower. Then then wait um, um, Kennedy, right? Let's see if I can get this right. Don't don't tell me yet unless I ask. Okay, uh, Kennedy, and then Johnson, and, and uh, please don't help me. And then uh, Nixon, and then Ford. And then Carter? Mm -hmm. By the way, when I voted for Carter, I mean, voted for Ford, the the ladies in front of me leaving the the poll booth, which I wish they had now, uh, you actually had to punch in thing. Anyway, she she said, who did you vote for? She said, oh, I voted for Carter. She said, why did you do that? He has such a nice smile. I thought, I'm glad I voted for Ford. I didn't like Carter's teeth anyway, so anyway. (laughs) So, I Carter, and then, um, let's see, after that, it was, um, no, no, don't tell me, I know, I know this, I know this. Carter, uh, uh, oh, yes, uh, Reagan. <laughs> Carter, Reagan, and then Bush, and then, and then um, uh, Clinton, and then after Clinton, we had um, uh, then Bush, and then after Bush, we had Obama, and then after Obama, uh, praise God, we had uh, Trump. So how many is that? I, don't know. <laughs> I went through all that with all that. That was hard. That was hard. You weren't paying attention. How many was that? Anybody know? Okay, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. We'll do the math later. But I... Ten? Nine, ten, Okay. All right, Whatever. <laughs> So what the thing about this is, is that uh, Isaiah got to preach the gospel for the Lord as a prophet through a few kings. He said, verse 2, Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib, but Israel doth not know, my people doth not consider. What a sad testimony and he tells us in verse 4 there's a seed of evildoers and he goes on and he says uh, verse 9 except the Lord of hosts had left us a very small remnant we should have been as Sodom and would have been like unto Gomorrah this is uh, this is no different than a marriage if we didn't have God this place would fall apart Amen. if you didn't have the Lord in your family you wouldn't make it if there's if you don't have God in your marriage or in your walk with you wouldn't you wouldn't make it you wouldn't have any joy. You wouldn't have any love. You wouldn't even know what to do. You'd be uh, circling around and dizzy in the world of sin and you'd be stuck in the, in the shadows in the darkness of this world. If you didn't have the Lord, what would you do? What would you be? You wouldn't be much at all. In fact, it's the same way with our nation. Uh, blessed is that nation whose God is the Lord. But look it over in verse number uh, 18 with me. This is what I like. After he gets done telling Israel, you know, you've gone too far. You've, got to, you've, you've gone backward. You've, you've left me. I, 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 cursed children. You, 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 you've just wandered away. And look at this. He says this. Verse 16. Wash you, make you clean. Put away evil of your doings from before mine eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do well. Seek judgment, relieve the oppressed, and judge the fatherless. Plead for the widow. Come now, and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, that's all of us, they shall be as white as snow. That's the saved people. Though they be red like crimson, that's all of us, they shall be as wool. God is our Savior. The Holy One of Israel is our Savior, he saves countries, he saves people, he saves uh, uh, relationships, he, he saves marriages, he saves uh, children, he saves souls, he saves everybody. And, and that's what he's in the business of doing. Now Isaiah was a very, very loud, uh, strong voice for God. Go to chapter 6 with me please. And under the heading that he spoke very clearly through his prophets. You have Isaiah, you have Jeremiah, Ezekiel, you have Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Zechariah, Malachi, you have John the Baptist, and you could go on and on about all the prophets, Agabus even in the New Testament. You have so many prophets that stood for God and they and they gave everything they had. So Let's not not think that this world doesn't... Oh, I've never heard about Jesus. I've never heard about God. He's he's not going to let anybody say that. How could God judge a a person and, and say, Well, you never heard of me? With all this technology, you never heard about me? Now, I know that's true in some cases. I've met people that never heard about Jesus. I really have. In America... I have met people who have never heard about Jesus. But guess what? They can't say that now because I told them. And that's the case with every single person you've ever heard that said, I've never heard about Jesus. Well, how did you use his name then? Yes, you did hear about him. You just heard about him so that you could say, I never heard that. You had to hear to say that you didn't hear that. That's what missions is all about. People all over the world, and God sends people to the mission field, and they tell those little children, and they tell, I don't believe God's going to let anybody be judged without a prophet, without a preacher, without the Word of God. Romans chapter one says they are without excuse, because if you look at even the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth His handiwork. There's no vo- There's no end of the world where His voice is not heard, he, from day unto day. Uh, other speech, and, and, and I'll tell you, his word is everywhere. But we don't like to admit that. And people don't like to say, well, yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I tried the church thing. No, listen, no, we've got a God that's more powerful than your witness. We have a God that's more powerful than your desire to win souls. We have a God that's more important and more powerful than what what our church does. And we try to do everything God wants us to. But God, aren't you glad God... Uh, uses his own word to go throughout the world uh, because if he if he just used us we wouldn't get too far right so that's why we give to missions and that's why we, we have a we have the Holy One of Israel our Savior that does the work for us his word shall not go out void it won't come back empty like the rain and the snow and it goes out and it, the word of God is sent wherever he s- sees fit that's the God we serve and listen I'm, I'm really excited about what God's going to do. So listen, don't plan your Christianity around politics. Don't do that. You will be hung out to dry. You will be disappointed. You know, uh, there's, there's some preachers that have, have forsaken the pulpit in order to go into politics. That is the most empty thing. Uh, maybe it was God's will for them. I can't judge that. But I know what. This is nothing Nothing to step down from. This is wonderful. What we do as Christians, listen, there is no way. I, I had a pastor that tried it. He didn't do well, it just could completely destroyed his life. He got beat by a little girl, uh, too. And so I'm, you know, I'm. But politics is not the answer, politics is only a result of your life and mine as a, as a Christian. So would you say that America just might get what she's been dishing out? Yeah. And I, ha- I, I hope that's not true. But listen, if God did that, um, it would be righteous. It would be. Though your sins be as scarlet, though they'd be red like crimson. If it wasn't for God taking care of you and me and our family and our country, if it wasn't for God giving you your blessings, you wouldn't have any. Let's pr- praise God about that. So we're not left without a voice. We're not left without a a, a clear uh, voice from the Lord. Look look at Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. It says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. This is Isaiah. Now, listen, folks. He's either crazy or lying or he really saw it. This is the testimony of the prophet of God. He he got a vision uh, and he saw God on his throne. God never did that for everybody. There's a very few people that get a vision. A very few people that get a, a real strong vision. And it just excites them. Listen, wouldn't you like to get a little peek of heaven tonight? If God would do that for us, would you not like to just call time out and have him open up the windows of heaven and to watch just a little bit. You know, Paul got to see that and the angel said, don't you say a word about this. It's not lawful for you to describe what you just saw. But guess what happened after that? Paul kept going. He kept going. It didn't stop him. And that was before the book of Revelation. Do you know what John got to see? John the The Apostle John, he got to see the entire book of Revelation. He got to see so much. He did not know fully how to describe it in the same terms that you and I could fully understand. Why he thought he saw grasshoppers flying around. He he called them locusts. Some Bible scholars think that was like a a modern day helicopter. Uh, It could be. And listen, I'm excited. I read the book of Revelation. I try to figure out what it all means. The Bible says you get a special blessing just for reading the book of Revelation. But John the prophet, he was a prophet. He got to see things you and I never, ever dreamed of. And if God would give us this. Now, the, the, the closest you're ever going to get to heaven right now, do you know where that is? The closest you could ever get to heaven. Where do you think that is? It's the Bible. You dive into the Bible and you actually portray yourself as being there. By the way, I wish Hollywood would make more movies about what's in this book. Accurately. <laughs> With clean, cleanly. You know. None of none of the stuff they're teaching kids in grade school here in Washington state. None of that stuff. Just clean, pure Bible stories. If they can if they can do all that, wouldn't that be great just to get a vision of what, it'll just encourage you. Well, One time, my mom was watching a movie, uh, King of Kings, I think it was called, or The Robe. and I think it was King of Kings. And we were in the front room and she was watching, I was watching TV with her. It was a Saturday matinee thing, you know, back in the 60s. And I looked up and she was crying. Her tears were coming down. And that, that Im- impacted me so much that my mom was crying about Jesus. And it really affected me. And I think that's one of the reasons I got saved. Because my mom was crying about Jesus. This is big. This is big. He's not going to leave us without a clear voice. Um, Turn with me please to chapter 44 of Isaiah. And verse number 6. In chapter 44 verse 6. what you see God refers to himself. He said, uh, "Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, the King of Israel, and His Redeemer, the Lord of Hosts. I am the first, and I am the last. And beside me there is no God." That's comforting to me tonight. I hope that's comforting you. Beside, there's no other God. He's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He's the first and the last. He's everything. He was way before us and without anything well, God made. He didn't make it without Jesus, and he was before all things. Romans chapter one, in the beginning, <laughs> in the beginning, there's only two times that's said in that way, and that's, that's uh, Genesis and Romans. The Word was God, and the Word was, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Man, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. He's here. He knows what's going on in America. Or should I say, America? He knows. I was talking to my neighbor. Uh, he's a pilot, and uh, every once in a while, uh, we never get anything done. As soon as he sees me, or I see him, it's just it's over. You might as well just say, okay, I'm just going to cut two hours of my life away. Sit down, let's talk. You know, he he's a an, uh, Marine, and uh, he was a firefighter, and he was a, a oh my goodness, he did everything. He was an EMT and he just just a great guy so we we were talking and um he uh he got nostalgic i got nostalgic you know talking about the military and we thought we thought we were looking up to leaders when we first were young men like um kurt when he when he and i were young men just <laughs> yesterday we we were we were looking up to these guys that were high-ranking officials, and then, and then all of a sudden time goes by, and whoa, we're where they were. We were looking up to these great men, and, and, and we are unworthy to fill their shoes, but we have to. There's no other choice. There's no choice we have to do right. And we were, we were talking about that, and tears are coming down his eyes and his wife came up and she said what are we going to do about this election and she, she began to cry and I got to share with you what I shared with her and I thought if this helped her it might help us tonight too turn with me to 2nd Timothy he's not going to leave them without a, a word he's not going to leave us voiceless He's going to talk to us. He's going to comfort us. No matter what the outcome is, and by the way, I think we ought to pray for our country. I've done everything in my my power to give a country to my children. I, I've done everything I could. I will do everything I can. I, I would have gone to war, but they didn't want me. They just didn't want to fight. So I floated around on the ship for five years. But I was ready. I trained for it. I was ready in case case anything happened. I'm ready now. I'm I'm ready to fight. I feel like Caleb. Come on, we can take this mountain. Amen? And when I'm 80 years old, my goodness, I want to have the same spirit that Caleb had. Come on, let's fight. Let's get out in the backyard and duke it out. Come on, man. You want a piece of me? Let's go. Right now. Oh, you know, if you're not a fighter, you're you're just not reading the Bible. Your weapons of our warfare are not carnal, so you're not going to be duking it out with somebody, but spiritually, you got to have that spirit, right? Come on, let's fight. Stop talking about it, and let's fight it out. May the best man win. Come on, let's fight. Oh, one time, Lake Washington, I was a teenager. Some guy bumped into my mom and he said, watch where you're going, Carrot Top. So, back then, I, I don't know, I didn't know much. I walked up to him, I said, would you call my mom? And he said carrot top and about the time he finished that word my knuckles were in his face <laughs> but what scared me was he didn't move he went and he looked at me i go oh he needs another one <laughs> so i hit him again by the way i've since not done that because a pastor cannot be a striker That's why I sometimes have something else. All right. So anyway, hey, Jesus said, go out and buy a sword. Don't look at me like that. Anyway, forget that. Forget back on track. Will you please pay attention? All right. But I, I hit him the second time and he, and he did the same thing. He backed up like this. I like, it ain't working good. I thought, why is he taking these punches? I felt good because I was honoring my mom. And rightly so, you don't bump into a lady and call her a carrot top and get away with it. So anyway, he, <laughs> he grabbed me and he got me down on the ground on the boat launch. You know how they make it real rough while the boats can go down for traction. And I didn't have a shirt on. I was like thought I was a big tough guy and I had to give up and I was so ashamed. I got beat up in front of my mom. <laughs> oh, that was a bad day. But it was the best, best licking I ever had. I mean, he, I, I gave up, and, and he took off, and I, my back was all, you know, I, I, I was scarred from a mom, amen? But it, it still felt good. It still felt good. I, I would have thought less of myself to let that go than as a teenager to have some guy rough up my mom. You don't do that. So, uh, you know, we're we just supposed, our warfare now is spiritual. And we're called to fight. But look at this. She was just in tears. And she said that she has so much fear. And so I thought, well, I know a Bible verse that will take care of that. And I shared her with her and her husband, verse 7. Look at it with me. 2 Timothy 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear. Could we stop there? Do you have fear tonight? You didn't get it from God. Are you fearful about the future? You didn't get that from God. He doesn't do that to you. Are you fearful about the election? If you are normal, you probably are. Yeah. It's normal. But God didn't do that to you. God doesn't give you that fear. Right? So we can face no matter what happens. I'm facing it already. And if, if I get my way, I'm going to be a pretty happy guy. But that's just politics. Yeah, that's, that's, that's not my salvation. That's not God. That's just temp, temp, contemporary times, right? Hey, we've, we've weathered worse. We really have. We've had some really wild characters. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. And he did that which is evil in the sight of the Lord. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. Hup! And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. And then he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. Anyway, I, you just never know what you get. With, you know, it's, just, it's just the process of time. So I'm not going to let my Christianity, my walk with God, be affected by what is happening in, in, in politics. It's still something we should pray about. But look what happened. He says, he hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And they both looked at me. And she's wiping the tears from her eyes. And I know her. She's my neighbor. And I said, so? She said, well, thank you. Thank you so much for that verse. I said, well, what are we going to do? She says, I don't know. I said, we're gonna shake it off. Shake it off. And his, her husband said, yeah. <laughs> and he gave me five. And I thought, that wasn't me. That was the Word of God. What would I do without the Bible? Hey, you know why I shared that verse? Because it worked for me. Is it work for you? We're not left alone without a clear voice, we're not left down here. Uh, uh, with, with our own fight, God fights for us. He is in control. Who brought the children of Israel up out of the land of Egypt? God did. And who won the battle for them? Who was it that parted the Red Sea? Who was it that fed them in the wilderness? Who was it that gave them his presence day and night? Who was it that crossed over with them the, the, the River Jordan. Who was it that said, now, Moses, you're getting too old, uh, and pl- i got to have you stay here on this side. You, you're not going to be able to go. You can look at it from Nebo, but you're not going to go. I need you on this side. You represent the law, and now uh, Joshua's going to represent something else. It's his turn. He's going to take the children of Israel in. I want you to come up on the mountain. I'm going to give you your sight, and I'm going to give you your physical strength, and you're not going to be abated in your physical strength and your eyesight and, and your wisdom and your power. I, I'm going I'm to take you. You know, they don't know where Moses was buried. Did you know that? I think God snatched him away, took him. But so the fact is that he didn't leave. He went with them across the Jordan, and he was there. Remember Joshua said, who are you? Are you for us or them? He said, no, no, as captain of the host, I'm with you. Take your shoes off. This is holy ground. Who else did he say that to? Moses, right? And he said the same thing to Joshua. Take your shoes off. This is holy ground. Angels don't do that. Only Jesus does that. You don't get on your knees for an angel. You can only get on your knees and bow to Jesus. Every time in the Bible somebody tried to worship an angel, he said, get up, get up. I'm just, no, no, don't do that. Don't do that. But uh, when, when they got down on their knees before Jesus, uh, when when Moses got down on his knees and when and when Joshua got on his knees, God accepted that because it was Jesus that that they were worshiping. He's not left us alone either; he has not forsaken us, for he hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, of power and love and a sound mind. How many need a little bit of that last uh, subject there, sound mind? Anybody need a little mental strength tonight? I do. Sometimes uh, our minds wander, don't they? So let's do this. Let's trust God tonight for tomorrow. Let's just trust Him. And uh, if you're fearful about anything, you didn't get it from God. So He brought us up. Be not dismayed, He says. I am thy God. Beside me there is none else. There's only one God. There's only one mediator between God and men. The man Christ Jesus you find that in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. There's one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. He's the only one we have to concern ourselves with. And there's enough grace for all of us. One last verse. Look at Ephesians chapter 4, please, and we'll be done. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage myself. I don't know how you do it, but I've got to confess sometimes I have to straighten myself out in the mirror. I don't know if you've ever done that. Uh, maybe we'll start a cult. I don't know. But uh, if you've never had a talk with yourself on the mirror, uh, in the mirror to straighten yourself out, yeah, now that you've got your tie straight and your teeth are brushed and your hair's combed and your face is shaved, how about taking the rest of you and straightening all that out? You know, you can, you can preach a good message to yourself. Is that right? Right, David? Amen. Yeah, yeah we all do it. How many are in the mirror club? How many are just, you're not admitting it? When I was in Bible college, the guys in the dorm, they'd, they'd get in the mirror and they'd print. Oh, I used to laugh my head off at those, those pretty boys, you know. It's fun. They weren't having the kind of conversation I have in the mirror. In, you go in, and go. Whoa! What is? It? Oh man, got to get out of here quick. But uh, these guys are in there. Oh, give it a break, man. When I when I uh, when I talk to myself, it's always usually pretty serious. Unless I'm joking, because sometimes with Jack or my boys, we we you know we'd be in the bathroom you know, coming and going and everything. I'm like, wow, yeah, how did you get a dad like that? You know, but uh, those my boys know I'm joking. They do, they know that's joking. Oh man! All right, one more verse. Let's look at it. I. I love being a Christian. I love the fight. I do. I really do. I, I've never been good at defending my mom, but I've, I've, always, I've always loved the fight. I do. I like, I like it because if you're right and you fight, it's all right. You know, you win. You know, if you fight the good fight of faith and it just, I tell you what, this COVID thing and this political nonsense, it ought to make you a stronger Christian. It ought, to, it ought to push you closer to Jesus. It ought to push you into your Bible, into your prayer closet. It ought to get you strong. It ought to excite you and say, okay, she's starting to buck. <laughs> Woo-ha, come on now. It's, he's starting to buck. Yeah, bring it on. Come on, woo, let's fight it out, you know. How long can I stay on? My goodness, we've got a fight going on. Last verse, look at verse one. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called, with all lowliness and meekness and long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit even as you're called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. And verse 6 says, One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Lastly, but unto every one of us. Notice the word one there. Individually, every one of us is given grace according to the measure of, the gift of Christ. You can close your Bibles. I want you to remember now whatever tomorrow holds we just have to remember who holds tomorrow. And he's got you in the palm of his hand. Let's bow our heads for prayer.